Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast for this week. Hope you're doing well wherever and whenever you are. If you are new or visiting, make sure you find us on Instagram or Facebook at everyone.church or head to our website, everyonechurch.com.au. And the best thing you can do if you want to really get to know us is come and visit us in person at one of our services on the weekends, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. at the Juicy Goose Cafe. You find all the details on our website. Uh, it'd be great to have you with us. You know, just before... Uh, I feel like I'm mentioning this all the time. It's not to make people jealous, but we went on a bit of a family holiday for about 10 days up to Port Macquarie. It's a great time. But before we went away, I planted some grass seeds in our backyard because the kids have just been wearing the grass down, the buffalo grass. It's just this big dirt patch, which is kind of cool for kicking up dust when you're playing soccer with the kids. But I, I'm, I'm realizing, man, I need to get this grass going. So I never really planted grass seed before. I don't, I'm always the kind of guy that just cuts out the ground and puts a, a chunk of turf in, just like a lot easier. But I thought, I'll try the, the grass seed thing. So I planted some seeds, went away for 10 days, came back, and to my surprise and joy, I saw there was grass growing. And for a moment, for a brief second, I looked upon my, you know, three by three patch of dirt that has some grass sprouts poking up. And I thought to myself, man, this must be what farmers feel like. Like, I feel like a real, real farmer, <laughs> a real green thumb. But uh, Jesus said in John chapter four, verse 35, you know, the saying four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. I want to talk about harvest today. Jesus says the harvest is ripe. Now, what is the harvest that Jesus is talking about? Well, he's talking about people. He's talking about souls, people coming to know him. Now, let's read the next few verses just because it brings a bit of context to what Jesus is saying. So we just read John 4, 35, where Jesus says the fields are ripe for harvest. And then in verse 36, it says, the harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others have already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. My grandfather uh, had a parsley farm up in Stanthorpe, uh, which is a little country town, kind of border of Queensland and New South Wales. And I remember as a kid, we used to travel. We used to drive seemingly forever, get car sick on the putty road, and then we'd get there to the farm, and, and Grandpa would get us to work picking parsley. And... This is the thing about harvest time. It signifies a few things. One is early mornings, long days, <laughs> and there's a reward. There's, you know, you're obviously, this is prime time picking stuff. Uh, in fact, it's interesting. Jesus says, you know, you're, you're going to uh, reap a harvest where you haven't planted it. It kind of reminds me of my grandfather. You know, he looked after the farm all year. He sowed, he watered, and then it was up to us as a family to help him harvest. And that's a little bit like what Jesus is saying here. In truth, when it comes to people, the people in my life who 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 are ready to come to know Jesus, we only are just there to play our part, really. The miracle of people being ready to know Jesus is on God. But when it's harvest time, the work is on us. And I want to encourage us today as a church 
that the harvest is now. It's harvest time. Uh, People all around you are ready to hear about Jesus today or this week, wherever you are. Jesus says, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. You know, we just helped out with a community barbecue. We had a great Sunday service in person. And I hope that you're seeing the harvest, seeing people, seeing what God is up to in the world around us. And, And speaking of the world around us, I feel like the world is going crazy in this season Man, it's like truth and reason is being thrown out the window. It seems like our world is getting darker and darker. And guess what that means? The message of Jesus will shine brighter and brighter, amen? And the light of those carrying Jesus should stand out even more so. In in these dark times, does your light stand out? Does your life stand out? Your words, your attitude, your perspective, your, your message. What message is your life proclaiming? in these dark times. I hope it's a message of hope. I hope it's a message of joy in the midst of uncertainty. It's harvest time. There are people in your life that are ready, ready to know God. The question becomes, what do we do about it? Where do we start? If our goal is to bring Jesus to everyone everywhere, and there Jesus says the harvest is ready, if our hope is to bring people to eternal life in Jesus, How do we go about it? And I want to give us a life-changing starting point today. But before I do, I really need you to ask yourself the question and be really honest. Ask yourself this question. Am I willing to give my life for this work of God? Am I willing to give my life for the work of the harvest that Jesus is calling us to? Because the harvest won't reap itself. And we need to be willing workers for God, to have an open heart, to live mission-minded. I'm not talking about uh, setting up more chairs on church. No, I'm talking about living mission-minded, living that when you go to work, when you go to school, when you go to the shops, hey, I'm, I'm on mission today. Amen? Are you willing to put your life to work for God? And if there's a here I am, send me in your heart, well, then I want to encourage us today to, to be on the lookout for a person of peace, a person of peace or people of peace. But let's just start with one for now, a person of peace. I've, I've shared on this concept before, but I wanted to remind us this time of year as it's springtime, we're gearing up, heading towards Christmas. For me, when I first heard this concept of a person of peace, it really changed my life and my perspective on how to share Jesus with others. And this is a life-changing practical principle that I believe is from the scriptures, and it helps us in this work of spreading Jesus to everyone everywhere, Uh, this work of reaching others with the good news of Jesus, a person of peace. Now, what is a person of of peace? Glad you asked. Uh, Let me explain to you. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus is sending out his disciples, well, 72 of them, and he gives them some instructions. Let's read it. In Luke 10, verse 1 to 6, it says this, The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places where he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Verse 3, now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Verse 5, whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, 
the blessing will return to you. So Jesus sends out his disciples, these these 72 other disciples, into the wild world full of wolves. And he says that they are to be on the lookout for people of peace. And I believe we can be encouraged today to be on the lookout for persons of peace in our lives. What's a person of peace? Very simply, a person of peace is someone who is ready to hear the message of Jesus. Uh, Often this looks like someone who likes you, listens to you, even is willing to support you in some way, maybe even serve you, help you with, with stuff. A person of peace, they are ready. God has led them to you to hear about him. Someone who is not a person of peace will not receive anything you have to say. They they don't like you. They don't listen to you. They are not willing to serve or support you. They aren't ready. They won't have it. Well, guess what? That's okay. Remember, the readiness of the harvest is is on God, but the work is on us. So often, you know, when we think about sharing Jesus with others, we think about trying to convince and move people who just aren't people of peace. Jesus says to shake the dust off your feet with people like that and move on. No amount of coercion on our part can make someone a person of peace. It's a work of God. Now, just to clarify, it's never a waste of time to share Jesus with anyone, even your enemies. But I'm more so talking about people who God has brought into your life for a reason. You know, have you ever heard the saying that people are in your life for a season, a reason, or a lifetime? Well, there are people that God has brought into your life for a reason. And that reason is that you are to help them find Jesus. I mean, God is working more than we ever could to bring others to himself. So our prayer as we start the day could be, Lord, save my city, save my workplace, save my my unsaved friends. Or it could be, Lord, help me find a person of peace today and give me the grace to speak your words to this person. We've been sharing about discipleship over the last number of weeks, and we've been talking about uh, discipleship in the context of following Jesus. And we often think about discipleship as like a post-conversion thing, meaning it starts once I start saying, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. But discipleship is not just a post-conversion journey or a after I become a Christian journey. It's actually a pre-conversion journey. Before we have a journey with Jesus, we all have a journey to Jesus. And if we are to engage in the work of making disciples, that's what Jesus told us to do as Christians, make disciples of all nations, we need to learn and recognize people of peace that we can lead to Jesus. Amen? Who helped you get to Jesus? Who is God wanting you to help get to Jesus? Think about your life for a moment, who who you see at work, maybe in a sporting team or that you play for, or even family, or who in your life could you say might be a person of peace? Who who listens to you? Who likes you? Who who has a lean in to, to do life with you? Who is willing to support you? Who is someone that, that, that God may be wanting you to lead to Jesus? In Acts chapter 16, Paul, along with Silas, Timothy, and Luke, they're making plans of where to go next, where to plant a church next, and you know, they're spreading the gospel. And they kept saying that the Holy Spirit was stopping them from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And then they turned somewhere else. But then again, they said the Spirit kept them from going there. And then one night, Paul has a dream of a man in Macedonia crying out for help. 
And right away, they pack up their stuff and they head to Macedonia. And as they arrive in Philippi, a city in Macedonia, where the Philippian church would end up, uh, and you can read all about it in, in Acts 16 and around there, uh, Paul begins to look, it seems like he's looking for a person of peace, right? He heads right to the river on the Sabbath where he knew there would be Jews and other God-interested people praying. And that was the custom at the time. You know, you couldn't do that kind of stuff within that Roman colony of, of, of Philippi. They had to move out, you know, to the river. And he meets a lady named Lydia. And we don't know what he said to her or, or their exact words in response, but we do know that she and her household were all baptized in, into the faith. And Paul and his friends stayed with Lydia while they continued to plant a church in Philippi, which became the Philippian church. Or right then after that, Paul and Silas are in prison, and little little did they know that they would meet a jailer who would soon become a Christian, he and his whole household. Now, what am I saying with these examples? That there are, I'm saying that there are people that God is bringing to you for the sake of sharing Jesus with them, people of peace. A person of peace is someone God has prepared for this specific time, like a divine appointment. It's no good trying to force open doors that might not be ready yet. Yes, keep praying. Yes, keep knocking from time to time. But don't miss the people of peace God is bringing to you. And this is really exciting and encouraging news for us because this means that even in the most important tasks we have been given, and that is to go and make disciples, God is doing most of the work. (laughs) He's preparing people. He's drawing people. And our main job is to walk through life with our eyes open and our ears listening to the Holy Spirit as He reveals to us people of peace that He has prepared. Jesus says, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The translation of that is, hey, people are already ready. People are already ready. Sounds a lot like living mission-minded to me. So what do we do once we identify a person of peace? Maybe there's someone in your life that you're like, you know what? I think this is someone that God has brought into my life to help them journey to Jesus. How do I go about this? Well, wait for an opportunity to share your faith. Ask them if they need prayer. Um, Ask them if they would like you to read the Bible with them or something. You know, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, invite them to church uh, or a connect group or a coffee with some faith friends. Uh, be open and outward with your Christianity. Sharing faith in Jesus openly and outwardly. You know, don't be a quiet, secret Christian. No, let your light shine for those around you. Sharing Jesus with others is not an event, It's not an outreach moment. No, it's an overflow of a life that walks with Jesus. I I had a friend in university. I remember I I went to uni and I I wanted to go to uni and and be a Christian. I didn't want to go to uni and be this kind of secret secret Christian. And I I had a friend of mine who I invited to church. And guess what? He said, yeah, all right, I'll come to church. I actually brought a number of friends from uni to church over the years of my uh, study. But I remember this one guy in particular, he came to church, we, we got along, we were good buddies, and then I remember after a, a, a conference uh, night, um, uh, he came and visited, and as he was leaving, I, I asked him, I said, hey man, look, do you mind, like, I, I feel like it'd be rude of me not to offer if you wanted to pray to receive Jesus into your heart. And he had come to church a number of times, he was ready, right? And he said to me, 
uh, I was still surprised, to be honest. He said, yeah, okay. And then I gave him a Bible, and he read it. He read a whole bunch of it. He was a person of peace. Now, I've just made a decision that if someone shows up in my life, because I'm a Christian, and I'm living on mission for God, if someone shows up in my life, that they could be a person of peace that God is drawing to himself. You know, when... Uh, we were on holidays, and here I am talking about holidays again. Look, we don't go on holidays that often, okay? So it was very exciting for us. But our, our uh, uh, family went strawberry picking, and it was lots and lots of fun. And we were looking for, we were just on the lookout for ripe strawberries. There were strawberry plants all over this kind of plantation thing. And we were on the lookout for the ripe ones, the ones that were ready, right? And it's amazing what you can see when you're on the lookout. When you live with a purpose, Jesus says, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. So often we allow ourselves to become discouraged because we feel like we're ineffective or, or, or even rejected for our faith. But shake the dust off your feet and let's get moving. Look for a person of peace, a person of peace. Can we commit to that? Can we commit to partner together? in the work of harvest in our city? Can we present ourselves afresh to God and say, Lord, here I am, send me. I'm here. Come on, Christian. Do you, do you not know that God wants to make use of you? He wants to make use of you. You are not useless. You are his ambassador. Don't be asleep during harvest time. It says in Proverbs 10.5, a wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. Don't be a disgrace. I believe that there are people in our church who are saying, Lord, or maybe you're just visiting us today, listening to our podcast, but there are people in our midst that are saying, here I am, Lord, send me. If that's you, if that's you today, come on, let's commit afresh in prayer to the Lord. Let's present ourselves to Him. Come on, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to share on our podcast. And we present ourselves afresh to you. And we say, here we are, send us. Lord, I know we're all working on things where none of us are perfect. But Lord, I ask that you would make us all uh, mission-minded, Lord, that you would help us see those around us that you are drawing to yourselves. Lord, let our lives be a magnet for people who want to know you. Lord, let us find people of peace at work, at at the shop, wherever we are, in, in, in sporting teams, with fellow parents that we see uh, before and after school. And Lord, I pray that you would use us to be a light that shines in these dark times. Give us boldness, Lord, to find people of peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I'm excited about the coming weeks for us as a church as we, gosh, we got baby dedications. We're gearing up for our big carols in the park later in the year. Let's be on the lookout for people of peace who you might be able to bring along on the journey and help them come to Jesus and walk with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, have a great, great week.